0: Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I was assistant director in Hollywood for the better part of eight years, and now I'm not. Today, we're talking about Disney's Wizards of Waverly Place, a TV comedy that aired four seasons between 2007 and 2012. High-level plot summary, the Russo family are wizards living in New York City and, well, magic. It's probably redundant to say, but hijinks ensue. There are only a handful of reviews at Rotten Tomatoes, so no critics' consensus. But all five critics who reviewed season four gave it positive marks, so that's technically a 100% score. Mara Egan from AV Club wrote, Wizards is pretty damn watchable. Here at Below the Line, we're not focused on what the critics thought, but if your kids are into Harry Potter, they'll probably enjoy this. We're continuing our series of episodes focused on the property department, and my guests today are the prop team from the show. First, Ken Levin. You were the property master for all four seasons. Welcome to Below the Line. Mm-hmm. Thank Glad you. to have you here Ken. Glad to be here. Also joining us today is Jill Perry, assistant props for all four seasons. Jill, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now
0: we're going to talk about the props in detail, but let's first set some context for the show itself. Disney produces a lot of these 30-minute sitcoms primarily aimed at a younger audience. But tell me what the production was like for you guys on Wizards specifically.
2: For us it was it was interesting coming into a new show. It's always difficult Um, when you start a new show from the first episode, because I've always said the two of the more difficult things in production are pilots and the first 10 episodes of any TV show, because you're establishing characters, you're establishing what their props should look like. You're basically establishing the entire look for the show and how the props fit into that is, is incredibly important. Specifically in wizards, they had their, their magic wands were really tailored to their, their, their personas and of course we took our direction from the executive producers but they all loved they all loved their wands and in particular as jill will tell you selena loved loved her wand and you know we kind of put that together from from different pieces you know from from different places you know i would had the, the actual wand anodized in red and then we added some jewels and things like that
0: i want to talk more about uh what the cast uh really loved about the props but Kim, something you brought up i want to dive into a little deeper when i watched the first episode of season one it struck me that there wasn't really a lot of setup and you shared with me that there was a separate pilot that perhaps didn't air or was called something different what's the background yeah they, there was a pilot
2: shot called the amazing o'malley's um that was the original name for the show it never aired i did see it a couple times but Disney uh, did a, really did an extensive retooling, and really wanted to—they um, wanted to really bring in a different, a different flavor uh, to it, um, and have the family be more, a uh, more of a more of a mixed, mixed family. So I believe they they recast uh, Maria Canals Barrera as as mom. So they gave her they gave her that background, and they exploited that background um, in some of the stories. She was she was of Hispanic origin, so Quinceañera became one of the episodes, you know, and she was able to expand it into uh, expand the show into that that kind of realm.
0: And did you guys film this in front of a live audience?
2: We did every Friday night. Well, for pretty much every Friday night. Sometimes episodes would get too complicated with effects and it was just logistically too difficult to try and film an episode in front of a, an entire audience. But those, to me, were the best, the best nights were always the Friday night shows. And I think Jill, Jill will tell you, there was an electric and it's excitement in the air that you just, you can't equal anywhere else.
1: Yeah, it was, it was over the course of two days, so like we would shoot the harder scenes on Thursday and then to play those back. Um, but sometimes we were able to do some of the magic um, live in front of the audience, and the audience would get to see how the magic was done. Me popping in, <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun being part of the audience and the stand-up guys that were there. The warm-up guys would, you know, interact with us on set, and it just it really brings a lot to the timing and their performance too. The kids loved it, so and they're all very good at their they were all very good at comedic timing, too. So, and then, of course, David Delawies. So, just hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. It was a good show. <laughs> it was a fun time.
0: I want to ask you guys some more about capturing uh, the magic for the show. Uh, a couple of seasons ago, we did an episode here on Below the Line about Henry Danger, a similarly structured kids show on Nickelodeon. Right. And they talked about how visual effects was taking over a lot of the special effects. Now their years of airing is 2014 to the present. Uh, You guys were earlier than that. What was your balance between visual and special effects with the magic you guys were doing on the show?
2: And looking at the same episodes, first season episodes and then further on, they were definitely a little bit more primitive in our, in our earlier years. I think um, while the network was uh, uh, feeling the show was getting its footing there was there were definitely some some corners cut, and I think um, Jill will will admit uh, specifically the um, uh, the chandelier episode. Um, <laughs> I mean, with the, the, all the eps would cringe. There were certain episodes that everyone would cringe at because the effects just either didn't work or didn't you know did just didn't gel with the with the rest of the the, the story. Um, but they definitely put more put more into it as as we went along, and they got they got way better. And We put a lot of effort into um, into makeup and costume too. You know, they didn't do a whole lot of uh, effects with, with that. Uh, so from that aspect, yeah, it it definitely became more sophisticated, but still, it still really relied more heavily, uh, not on the effects, but on the, on the story. And I wanted to touch on what you said before, which was, um, I always felt that, that the writing was so good uh, on, on these shows that it brought the adults into the room. And I think that that's what, that's what some of the key uh, uh, attraction for the show was is that it, it wasn't just for it didn't just become a Disney show for kids it really became a Disney show for the family and they really tried to stress um, whereas like someone like Henry Danger wasn't is, is, was more effects oriented you know more action oriented this was really much more of a family oriented show um, and they really tried to keep that that connection and flavor throughout the entire uh, four seasons.
0: I think the other thing that struck me in going through the episodes I watched, and I can't claim to have seen every episode of all four seasons, but there are also storylines that continue throughout the season, not just blocks of episodes that sort of carry certain characters, but characters leave for a while, characters come back. There seems to be an ongoing effort to sort of develop the world around Wizards of Waverly Place, not just delivering 30 minutes of laughs, to your point.
2: Yeah, the first season was really more about the establishing the world and and the relationships. Second season really became more about the wizard school and really went more because that's when Harry Potter just exploded. So they really capitalized on uh, on that. And then we were looking at season three and that really became more about relationships that the kids were having because they were getting older, they were becoming adults. So everyone everyone had was in a relationship. At some point or another, and that absolutely drove so much of the uh, of the storylines, and then they just brought everything else into that. Uh, Mason was a werewolf. Um, the other girl, Julie, was a, was a, pretended to be an angel, but she was really a demon angel. You know, so we brought all of that. They just they just they they unwound the spool and, and used everything they had uh, in their arsenal to to wind the stories out of that.
0: Turning our attention to the props, tell me how. Responsibilities for this area were divided uh, between the two of you on your team.
2: Generally, the way it works uh, on on any sitcom um, is you have uh, it's a five day it's a five day process. Uh, the first day, which for us was usually Monday, uh, you have a production meeting that we that we both would attend. Um, Generally, the way it would work between Jill and I is uh, all the specific props that were either scripted or required construction or manufacturing, I would handle. And Jill would mainly handle all of the, like if there was a food, uh, food was working in a set, Jill would mainly handle that because she's so amazing with food anyway. But um, she generally would, whatever was was a daily thing on the set, Jill would would handle. Jim, what do you have to say? Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I mean, we would all both like if something had to be manufactured, that was easy manufacture for myself and our other system to make and be creative and artsy. We handled all that. Ken and I would split up some of the shopping or as things happen on set, they will change. It won't ever be rewritten into a script, but they, we, you know, request things. And that's my job then to, okay, I grab it from the, the room of magic tricks that we have everything out of the sun in, or I, you know, give Ken the note and then he makes sure I have it the next day. So,
2: yeah, there were, there were several times when um, there were complicated things would come up and the writers would give me a heads up about something because there were things that always took, you know, more than just the two days, but you have, uh, you have your your production meeting on a Monday, rehearse Tuesday, Wednesday, Um, your network run through on, on, Wednesday afternoon, which is kind of like that's when you finalize everything, and you kind of have to. That Wednesday afternoons were always that you always hang around till the end of the day, till till they were finished. With network notes because there was always something that was going to change, you know. And for us, you just hoped it was the change was the, what it, that was playing on Friday and not on the, on the on the Thursday. But we never, you know. I mean, it's typically you always you always run into into certain things and. You know, they were very specific about, about some of the, about the props that, that we're using. And we always change things. Like, I remember one example, to, um, they wanted to have a CNC and uh, toy be a, um, a time machine that, uh, that so we so they asked me to find a CNC, but they wanted the see and will you pull a string?
1: Yeah, the one from like the 70s. Since, <laughs> yeah, which
2: has a because someone someone got poked their eye out when they pulled the string too hard. He just continued to redesign yeah. the prop. Um, but that's what they want and that is, you know, that is makes for even though it was harder to get it made for a better prop uh, and a better gag. So you just persevere. You know, and I actually found I found a couple on Etsy and, and managed to get them sent, you know, overnight, you know, during a snowstorm. <laughs> the best is though is
1: everybody thinks that they, they like, Oh, I have that. It's like, no, no, you don't. You do not have that. Your child in 19 or in 2008 does not have this CNC. And like, they think everybody thinks it's so easy to do our job. <laughs> like, yeah, what, do you, what do you mean? You just have to shop. It doesn't always happen like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, not everything
1: you know. exists at a target.
2: And you always go into anything, anything specific like that. You send out the the rule of thumb is you send out the you cast the widest net possible. You just go after every single source, and you don't stop till you either have it in your hand or you know it's it's confirmed and on its on on its on its way. The time is so short. There's no time. There's really very very little margin for error um, in in most cases. Now, when on a show like Wizards, when you have, we were very, very tight-knit group, um, and 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 a close crew, and, and that's how we were able to do so much um, in the little time in the in the little time that we had. I think the longer when you get on a show like that and, and spend more time, they can tend to be more, become become forgiving of things you may not be able to get. Mm. But you never you give it, you know, you never stop. You don't stop. You don't stop till you get it. There's just really, the failure is never an option. <laughs> or
1: you better be up coming up with a really quick plan B.
2: Yeah, exactly. Or, but you know, you always give them, you always give them an alternative. You always give them a way out. Wizards is, a, a, and, and other shows like Wizards, um, comedies are different shows because you really have to prop funny. You know, when I was shopping, I didn't just get the first thing that looked good. I was really particular about how is this gonna play in front of the audience? And is it gonna be, be funny? I want to bring in something to the EPs. And, and when they laughed, when I would bring them something, I was like, okay, that was the right choice. And, and that became easier to do. As you get to know your producers and your executive producers, that is, becomes the, the, the bottom line, is the trust between, that they have in you to procure whatever prop you need. Um, and they know that you're gonna have their creative interests in the forefront of your mind when you look for something.
0: I want to talk more about some of the specific props that you guys remember. But before we move on, Jill, let me ask about something you mentioned earlier. You said you shoot some of the complicated scenes on Thursday and for playback on Friday. Is that to say then you did not have an audience on Thursday, but because of more moving pieces or stunts, you had more time to do those without the distractions or was there an audience there as well? I wasn't.
1: Clear. No, the audience was always on um, Friday nights came in like roughly around four o'clock. I think we went live at five. We'd show the previous Uh, week's episode for them and then yeah get in and for the most part like we would shoot in order from the very first scene to the very last scene and then in they'd speckle in where we shot the things we shot on Thursday that and this those were probably the more detailed that involved a a, a stunt that maybe somebody had to be raked up on a wire and that you have to wait for because those are wardrobe changes um, or also makeup changes so those things, and that just so it saves time on Friday night because, you know, we want to be going home at some point.
0: <laughs> well, I can bet. Now, and I, I'm i going to jump ahead because when you're talking about the kind of stunt work and such, I'm reminded of some of the episodes I did watch in season four. Uh, it was, Ken, you referenced the, the plot line earlier where this angel is actually with the dark angels these episodes have wire work; they're flying around. I mean, kids up in the air, yeah. special effects, visual effects uh, in spades. Those seem like really complicated episodes to pull off. I'm surprised even that two days would be enough with what I saw.
2: Those were those were uh, absolutely, and I think, and even some of those, we might have uh, extended our some of the shoot day to a Wednesday even. Uh, when it was more complicated like that and really required more time. The wings and all of those wings and these were made by a company called Creature Effects and they were, all, they were all practical. And I remember, I know the one thing you specifically, you're thinking of the, uh, the, the compass, the moral compass, which is actually still, in, which is hanging in my office, right? now. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> you're always continually pointing at bad. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, for folks who haven't seen this show, there's a, a, key, a key prop for the plot is the moral compass that can point to good and everyone in the world is kind of good or bad, which our worst natures come out. But this prop is not only centered in a lot of the scenes, they also carry it, they move it around. I think they throw it at some point. I mean, this is, tell me more. Yeah, about That's that a good point. And going. you
2: know, um, if you look closely at the prop, you'll see that it had, it was designed, it has um, several kind of several openings around the whole edge. And that was because they had to do a physical struggle with it. Um, and the actual prop was very it was very solid. It was made of made of wood, but because they had to do a physical struggle, I had to, I had those built. We had it built like that so they could they could have a tug of war with it, and it wasn't going to get wasn't going to get pulled apart. But yeah, but in something like that, you'll you'll generally make two to three of anything that uh, anything that has is handled or is going to be reused you have a pri- kind of a priority level of uh is it a one off is it only going to be used once and seen and seen once or is it going to be handled and, and used many times in that way that if it's something like that you always have two to three made at least
0: now for folks listening at home if you want to hop to those i think uh the basically the angel storyline at least the part i saw basically runs season 4 episode 7 to 10 and yeah, let me ask some more about this. There's another prop in there in that series that struck me, and that's where you had a bag of badgers. Now the bag itself is moving around as if there were badgers in it. I don't imagine that there was an animal wrangler on set since we don't see those badgers. But what kind of effort goes into a prop like that?
2: Well, that would be a combination of where we work with special effects. In our case, uh, it was Justin Krauss, and he uh, we would we would find that we would get the right bag, and then he would we'd hand off it, whatever we had to him and then he would take care of doing a build, building a rig inside the bag and everything he did was remote control. So he would be able to control it from offset. And so something like that, we we did with Justin, we worked we always worked very closely with special effects depending on, depending on the, what, whatever prop it was.
1: Yeah. They fixed everything for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that they did.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they're definitely, um, yeah, we need them
2: <laughs> like wizards. You you have someone that had to be there full time, because he was always working. He was always, they were always something that had to be built for either a week or two down the ro- a week or two down the road, that they would be working on.
0: And it looked to me like yes, there are visual effects, some um, of the magic effects, or where they're flying, or they're doing some green screen work, but it doesn't look like a lot of the practical effects are pushed to visual effects, or that they're doing a lot of fixing in post. Uh, it seemed like there was a lot of practical work being done uh, in each episode. The ones I saw. Oh yeah, that we
2: and we tried to do. I think pr- doing it practical was the was the first hand, was the first order. You know, uh, doing it, anything as a visual effect was was kind of the last resort for us and the production team. We always wanted to do. Even if if we look at the first episode, there's a scene where uh, David Henry opens a magazine and flyer and, and little inserts come flying out. Well, that was a pr- that was a practical effect. I mean i made I made you know i don't know how I many two three four hundred uh, little insert cards, and Justin created a rig that would that fired them out uh, and but there was a combination of of that and the magazine so that would be a combination of of a visual effect and a practical effect
1: so what's funny on set two seasons later we uh something where they were up there rigging um above that set the the kitchen set of the restaurant and one all of a sudden one of those flyers flew down, like kind of just walked <laughs> down into the sea and we're like, wow. That was a- <laughs> Little things like that would happen every now and again.
0: <laughs> when so. you did that, how many takes did you have to do on that magazine launching inserts? Cause I know that could be a lot to reset. It looked like. Yeah, we probably did it two or three times, but at least <laughs> two. At
1: yeah, least at least oh, uh,
0: definitely
2: at least, at least, at least two, at least two times.
1: So, Ready for three. <laughs> on those kind of practical effects and gags like that, we are always ready for three.
2: Yeah, that's the okay. minimum. Three is the minimum. Three is the minimum of something yeah. of of anything that you do, any gag.
0: Well, opening up the conversation, what other props strike you guys as memorable after all these years? God, so I, many. I,
2: I don't
1: remember <laughs> the episode, but I remember because I have a picture of myself with it—the giant pumpkin pie. Oh yeah. like they they planted. They did something out on the balcony, and they were planting, and we had a b- giant pumpkin that Max like moved into or something. And then at yeah. the very end, there was a giant pumpkin pie. And that was made outside in, in, um, from Creature Effects.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So. yeah, I remember that very, that, I remember that very well. There, uh, there were so many favorites. I liked, I really enjoyed um, when David Henry, uh, Justin was doing his monster hunting. We had to have a lot of, get, a lot of stuff made for him to do that. And one of, the th- one of my favorite things was there was a prop that was the, the monster detector. And it was a little, it was a box that we had made and it was, it was, I really loved it, it was gorgeous. It had lights that, you know, it was action, it was a big action prop and did a lot of things. So things like that were, were my favorite props. The more, the complicated ones that, you know, that had a lot of lights and bells and whistles, you know, were always, were always, were always fun to make and, uh, and produce.
1: And then one of my favorite ones that was so low, like just low key was, uh, I took a pair of glasses, I wanted 3D glasses. And I just took a pair of glasses and some Ds, letter Ds, and the three (laughs) Ds across the glasses. And I mean, it was just so kitsch. It was just just a play on words. And it was just the simplest thing I've ever made in my life. I actually had them for years. (laughs) They were sitting in, they've been sitting in my office for years. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) they have
2: That's the thing about props on a show like that is... You know Jill's very creative and, uh, and, and and I love to create as well obviously as well. So you have fun with it and that's what I think that's really where the the crux of it becomes. you know building props for a show like that is such a is such a pleasure and, and so much fun and and hard. I mean this is you know we work we work very, very hard to, to make to make those things. And it was very appreciated and much, very appreciated by the powers that be and the executive producers but like as I go back as I said before it's really it's really about that trust so they let me they let me have a very very free reign about the stuff that we created and often I often looked at the script as a guideline you know and they would say something in the script and I would go okay let's we'll we'll prove that but if I found something better I had no uh, uh no second thoughts about showing them something that I thought was better than something they had written um, and sometimes they reject it and sometimes and, and but all, more often than not and I'll remember specifically there was an episode where Austin or uh, Jake has a bowling ball. I can't remember specifically what it was, but I went and found a translucent bowling ball with a skull in the middle and They love that, you know, and it wasn't what they wanted or asked, it wasn't what they asked for But it fits so well into the into the scene um, That it was a natural, you know, and those I think those are the moments that we really, that I really eat up. Um, those are the moments when you, you know, of course, when you, when you shine, when they like something, and you get those accolades. That makes it, that makes it fun. That really makes it fun for you. It makes it fun for them, you know. And just uh, it makes the whole show be easy. Now there were other, there were other very few times that you produced something and it wasn't what they wanted. And I, and I, again specifically, I can, There was a giant towards the end. I think it was the fourth season. We had a giant orb. It was this giant clear orb. Jill will remember this. And again, they wanted it to be translucent. So what I had to do was to I got a um, a plexiglass sphere, which is probably about two feet in diameter, and we filled it with silicone. And it was supposed to be clear, but as the silicone uh, hardens, it becomes opaque. <laughs> that wasn't what they wanted, <laughs> but um, but we made it work. You know, we found it. We found a different way. So that was nobody could have foreseen that coming because you know with that large amount of, of, of silicone um, solidifying nobody knew that that was going to happen to it but you make the you make the, okay so we, this is what we have how can we make this work for what you need you know and we did we ended up doing some some colored lights beneath it and it looked very cool um and in the end it was it was great so those are some of the challenges that we that we face you know you have to you know make 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 lemonade out of lemons
0: <laughs> now you guys were both there all four seasons you spoke earlier, Ken, about it being a tight crew. Tell me a little bit about atmosphere on set. Was there continuity in most of the departments with folks sticking around, or was there turnover in certain areas? There, there was some, not a lot that I remember. Jill, what would you, would you say? No, that I
1: mean, I think uh, our costume designers changed. More in the costume department changed a little bit, but not much, like some of those, the set people stayed. Hair and makeup were pretty much always the same. There might be one or two that came and went. Camera were all the same, sound, and um, Grip Electric were the same. Yeah. No, it was a good show to be on. I mean, we had a couple different assistants over years, but Ken and I were the staples that we stuck around them, you know, the whole time.
2: Yeah. You know, that crew, that crew centered around our, our line producer, Greg Hampson, and I had worked with Greg beginning in uh, 2004 on a show called Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide uh, for Nick. And that's where he and I developed a relationship. And he kind of, he built this crew. um, And he really, when Wizards, I knew Wizards was coming. And actually at that time, I had been asked to do the last season of Hannah Montana. At the same time, Greg was was starting to put this together. And I actually turned Hannah Montana down to start Wizards. And obviously it was a a good decision because we went four years on. And that was the last season of a show. And I chose to go on the first season of a new show and 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 i'm glad i made that decision because i might not have gone on to wizards if it wasn't for that but that was that yeah the cohesiveness of that crew was definitely due to to greg Hampson. and greg is a very low key guy and he really he really kept um a good handle on on the crew he was not he let us do our thing and got involved when it was important but did not micromanage us in any way and i think that that's a that's a big big thing when when producers try to start to micromanage you you end up presenting it because it's like i know how to do my job and just let just let me do it and that's really what that's really what occurred there uh the attitude on set it was just every day was a, every day was a was a big joke i mean we just we laughed so much uh every day the you know between uh, victor gonzalez uh our first ad guy just and um Uh, and everyone else, they just made, we just made for such a a wonderful atmosphere and everyone wanted to be there. I mean, it was like, there was, I don't really recall anyone ever being uh, uh, bitchy or or whiny about it because, you know, it was just, it ended up being, it was so much fun. And the cast made it too, the cast were so nice and so much a part of the crew that it made that, it made a cohesive unit out of everyone. Um, and that's when and that's why shows like that are become popular I believe more so than just uh, the fact that it's a Disney show it worked because it showed how what a good time we were all having. I mean the actual show when you watched it you had fun because
0: we had fun making it. Talk to me more about the cast. I think what something that's notable about these shows with kids in the principal leads you see them grow up year to year. I'm sure that's both Interesting and good for the show, but also a challenge at the same time.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Jill, we will have more of an onset. But <laughs> Selena was interesting to watch grow because if you watch that first episode, episode she's so young, and then as it went on, you watched her relationship with Justin Bieber, um, which was which was very much in the in the forefront of the news. And 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 Justin Bieber would would come on to set; uh, he would be on set. You know, almost almost once a week, Jill. Wasn't that right? He was I, there I
1: don't. I don't really recall it was that much, but he was there. Yeah.
2: He was there. Taylor um, Swift would come by. And- yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we didn't. Ned Sheeran come by when he was yeah. just starting out. We didn't know who he was, and he was <laughs> he was hanging out with uh, Taylor, and they came to visit. So it was kind of like, who are these people? But you know, it's her, it's her friends. That's this the way it is.
2: Yeah, Um, but I remember, and then there was, that. that, but watching Selena grow. There
1: were growing pains, of course, as with any kid growing up. And, you know, you you think about the stories we heard about the Brady Bunch, you know, and they would fight, and this was the same thing. These kids, they had little spats here and there, and Mm -hmm. some people had good days, and some people had bad days, you know, you know, that we would hear, like, their like David had two kids and Maria has two kids and we'd hear little things about what's going on with their lives. So, and that's right. No, you kind yes, of just David- kind of kept your mouth shut and you walked away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: we didn't, you know, we, we didn't get, we didn't get involved in, in the person you saw. We saw what went on, you know,
1: you listen and know. you just, and that's what you take. Cause like, of course, like with well, all your friends, you want to vent, you need to vent and you're at this safe space. So it was a, it was a safe space for them. You know, I mean, Selena and I had a great relationship on set. I would give her her props or I'd hand off things to her. And one of the things she... I always got a little, thanks, mom. Because I was sort of like a little onset mom to her, just kind of, and so was every other crew member. We all, you know, were there. We protected those kids Yeah. Were good. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, was constantly scolding David Henry, even to this day, I've teased him. Because, you know, how he's done well with his career and he's making movies. I teased him way back when. And so when you start making your own and directing and producing your own stuff, you're going to remember me because all he would do is pick up and play. He had little, uh, you know, he'd just constantly pick up a prop and move it around on me or just a set dressing piece. And I said, that's gonna bug you one day when you're sitting in an editing bay, <laughs> putting yeah. your own thing together. And he just, he didn't get it or he did, but he would, you know, We just had
2: a fun banter as you'll as you'll as you'll attest to skid um a film set's a very myopic place you have as an ad as a former ad i mean your head has to be in in everyone's soup um but our you know we we focus on 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 the things that we need to and and how we have to interact what our needs might might uh, uh go into other departments for you know we might need something from lighting or something from you know i might need the grips to rig something Or effects or sound, you know, we might have a prop um, that's going to create a a, a sound problem for something. We have to figure out how we can ease their pain, you know, and and that's really what it was. It really was more about the that collaborative effort um, and how do we make our work, our department work with every other department. And you'll and you as you know, you when that happens, you have you have a good crew. You know, when people want to work together and want to be together. It makes it that it makes it that much easier, and it was always that. I mean, every single week was uh, was some, you know, some conundrum that we would all sit down and, and figure out together.
0: It reminds you of a specific sequence, also in the fourth season, I think, episode three, where there's a robe that's about to be very, very damaged, and the damage. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, I suppose, <laughs> if folks are watching it fresh. But there's paint, there's cream pies there's a box of mud, there's a garbage oh, yeah. disposal, I remember every that. aspect of that. I mean, it's got to involve stunts as well. So it's moving it around. It's uh-huh. a, a good example of all these departments having to work together. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that was, and again, that was, you know, when something like
2: that you have, it's really, since it's a wearable thing, it starts with wardrobe. So, you know, once you figure out what that, the magic, and I remember that it was the magic robe, it was the, the magic Robe, I can't remember the specific name, but the it was the magic family robe that wizard belonged robe. to that what <laughs> the
1: family wizard robe
2: right the family wizard robe so that's the kind of thing that you go into with with multiples so you'll pre so you'll have the pristine one and then we probably had four or five others that were pre done in those distressed in those in those other stages and then of course by the time it gets to the garbage disposal you know that's you know that's another one that we've just taken and just ripped and ripped to shreds and for that kind of thing we'll probably we would probably we would try to shoot it in order for the most part we did shoot in order so that you don't have to take something that you've ripped to shreds and make it whole again because that's always that's always kind of our worst nightmare when we go backwards like that so something like that would have been done in, in several different stages and then the actual gags of throwing the the, the, uh, the stuff right. on him. And that,
1: that scene where it gets messed up, that was definitely something that was shot the day before. Yeah. So, cause that was a pretty well choreographed scenario with, you know, each person walks in with the element that he's gonna get on the rope and then that, the steps of which thing he went into. And I actually rewatched that one and I was like, wow, that hello, everything walked in perfectly and sat down. I mean, the, the comedy is right there of all those, <laughs> <laughs> Harper walking in with the pies, yeah. Selena, Alex walking in with her painting. Uh, the, uh, and then Max walks in with, here's a box. And then that's the character of Max. It's just, you don't ever put any thought into what he was doing with a box of mud.
2: So. <laughs> yeah. But he was such a, they, they, he was kind of a random foil
0: in a lot of ways. It just they, they would throw Max in. He was and, our
1: Joey from yeah. Friends.
0: <laughs> Speaking of Max, I want to ask you guys about a plotline fourth season, not specifically related to props, but for about six episodes, Max is replaced by Maxine, and a little girl plays, uh, I think, uh, Bailey Madison comes in. I love that and kid. And Jake Austin's nowhere to be found. Was there a behind-the-scenes story about why she came in for that period of time?
2: Yeah. He went off to do, Austin, uh, Jake went off to do um, uh, For the Love of Dogs, the movie. And they let him go do that. Um, and that's how they wrote, and they wrote around it. And that's how accommodating they, they were, you know. But I, I think, was wasn't For Love of Dogs also a Disney movie?
1: I don't remember. I don't, I don't yeah. remember.
2: But they were they were pretty forgiving about that. And that happened with the other cast members from time to time. Not as much, not as long as that. But yeah, but there were, there were times when, when they went, other cast members would go off to, had to go off or had some other commitment. But in that particular case, that was the reason.
0: Well, while we're talking about the actors, what were their favorite props?
1: Well, like, Selena loved her one. Like, she just, you know, whenever I would hand it off to her for scenes, she loved that. I think they, they all definitely had, they thought that, you know, they were fun, but... um. Like a lot of the times I would make extra food. If there was a scene in the, in the cafe or the restaurant, the deli sub shop, whatever. <laughs> um, I would ask the, you know, like director be like, well, let's have a meeting or something. I would actually ask Jake or I asked Liam, what, what do you want? What, you know, what do you want me to buy? Or what do you want me to make? Cause I, I had time on that show.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. We will always try to be very accommodating to the, to the actors. Um, and, I can't uh,
1: remember an exact prop like that was, Oh well, Selena loved her phone. I remember because this was before smartphones. We still we were doing more like clip or the slide up phones. So I would bedazzle them. <laughs> and then, yes, then all of a sudden the iPhone came out like towards the third and fourth season, and I was like, oh, we, <laughs> we better get with the times.
2: Yeah, and boy, but and when I remember David Henry getting got his first iPhone, He was the first one to get his iPhone. It was just everyone was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but to bring back, they they loved their they did like their wands a lot. And um, what we did at the very end of the show is uh, I had shadow boxes made for all the cast and mounted their wands in in the boxes with a plaque, you know, that said wizards, you know, their character name, and you know, so hopefully they still have those. They
1: are very appreciative <laughs> of that too. It was, it was they thought that was the neatest thing because they also like Selena kept saying. There's only one in my wand right? I'm like uh-huh sure
0: yeah. <laughs> like <Yeah>. 10. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For each one we had at least 10 over these because well, there was
2: Well they were breaking them. they were always doing something with I them. I remember was, yeah. remember the one with uh, Jake when he was uh, trying to be attracted to the, um, the wizard the, the Snooty Wizards group. He took his wand and made it put it over his head with a wire like the arrow going through the head.
0: I did see that. So episode, we yeah. had to do
2: things. Like, so we would always do, be doing something with their wands, you know, like, yeah. like that, or they would sit on them or they would break them or, you know, so we were always constantly making new wands or, or reworking old ones. And
1: Well, and we made a wand cell phone for uncle z boat. Right, 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 uh, right. Jeff Garland's character. Right. And it was just, it was on a little elastic string. It was an old, just a plain wooden dowel one. And it snapped open. So it was like a, like a, you know, so that was a fun one, with a little string on it that he could pull out of his pocket, and it would pop open.
2: The wrap gift I'm showing you this now, Skip. We did a yearbook for the whole, all four seasons, so um, you know it's got pictures of every of every you know all the stuff. So whenever I need to f- f- reminisce about the show, I just pull I pull it out. It was a wonderful, wonderful wrap gift that we that the, they made for the crew.
0: That is a, that is a nice gift. Uh, that's uh, very impressive. Let me talk to you guys about how the show ended. It struck me that the last two episodes that make up the finale, they came out in, a, in January of 2012 after a winter break. And somewhat sudden, I guess uh, on one level, I wondered if you guys knew when season four was going on that it was going to be the last season.
2: I think um, we knew. Yeah, we did. We were very lucky in the fourth season of Wizards, because we got extended, our season got extended. We were given more episodes at the end. We thought, I think we were expecting to do 22, and we ended up doing, I believe, 29, which for, which for a Disney show was, was, was pretty impressive. I mean, there were very, at that point in time, very few shows had gone to fourth seasons on Disney. And a lot of that has to do with the rate structure. But um, we, did know, we did know Wizards was going to end. We didn't know how it was going to end. We knew that there was, because the fourth season became, uh, overall became the competition. You know, Alex had dropped out um, and then she decided to get back in, was convinced to get back in. And so it was that what became the whole overriding uh, arc of that, uh, of that season was leading up to the Wizard competition and the, at the very end. But we, again, we did not get, uh, we did not get that. We didn't know what was going to happen till I think the day before. We didn't get, we weren't given that last page of shooting till the day before. And we all, of course, had to sign NDAs and things like that, you know, so that we didn't, we didn't share. But yeah, but we did know, we did know it was going to, we did know it was going to come to end. Absolutely.
0: And did you guys film those episodes immediately up? Next to the other episodes that you had shot, and just it was a scheduling hiatus over the holidays, the over um, December into January, or did you have longer prep or more time for those last two episodes? Which are I watched those as well. They're very complex for this show.
2: Yeah, we didn't have audiences for those for those episodes. They were shot more traditional, more. Yeah, there's a difference between sitcom and single camera, as you well know. You know, a three camera show is more like a play. Those were shot in a more. Even though we did use uh, multi cameras, they were definitely shot more single camera. We had longer shoot days because that was you're right. They were more complex, and I think we had. I, mean, I know we had built other sets. We had used other stages. Other to stages, build
1: the
2: set, yeah. You know, to build the um, the cave set, the whole cave set, and the whole maze set. We built on on the on different stages, and they did. They put. Right. They did put. They put a lot more. They put a lot more money. Into those into those episodes and a lot more a lot more time they really wanted this uh, I think at that point even Disney had really become was very enamored with the show and certainly was very much uh, had groomed uh, Selena to to this point and obviously at this point Selena was was a huge star and and they knew it um, and they and they gave it and they gave it what it was worth they gave it they put the money in and they they gave it the time that it needed and attention they needed to, to do a good finale. And, which I think, which they succeeded. I mean, we all, it was a, that was one of the, that was such a melancholy day. And was, that last day of shooting was just, you know, it was, it was wild. It's, you know, the last shoot day of anything like that really has a lot of, you know, a lot of mixed feelings about how you spend, you spent four years working on this project, you know, with these people and, and creating things. And, you know, I I know I did some of my best work on that show and you know, ha- had my own things going on behind the scenes. <laughs> you know, um, in, in addition to that. But you know, we all we all pull through, and that's what it was. It was about, it was a, it was a, it was a family. I mean, that's it was a family in the true sense of the word, of a film family in the true sense of the word.
0: Really appreciate you both coming on and talking to us about Wizards of Waverly Place today. Thanks so much.
2: Thank, thank you so much. It was
0: fun. It was. Thank you. Listeners, I'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. You can send an email to skid, s k i d, at below the line, one word, dot biz. That's b i z. I also appreciate your feedback via iTunes. Your ratings and comments really do help us reach new listeners. And Facebook, where for your visual entertainment, I post photos and other behind-the-scenes materials at Podcast Below the Line. Finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Pod Below the Line. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music and John Juan for our logo. The is available on t-shirts, mugs, and stickers at redbubble.com. Thanks for listening. The Prop Series continues, and I've got some folks coming together to discuss the industry's COVID-19 response. I'm not sure what will be up next week, but I hope you'll join us either way. Be safe.